The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. At that time, the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see that you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew went with Philip and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing by heard it and said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show by what death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus has said this, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, yet they did not believe in him. It was that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. For Isaiah again said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they should see with their eyes and perceive with their heart, and turn for me to heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees they did not confess it, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. 
for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as light into the world, that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has a judge. The word that I have spoken will be his judge on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority. The Father who sent me has himself given me commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has asked of me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Earlier today in the readings, we encountered the parable of the ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom. Five of these uh, virgins are wise, and five were foolish. The five who were foolish brought no oil as they waited with their lamps, while the five who were wise brought flasks of oil so that whenever the bridegroom came, they had stored up enough oil to light and welcome him as he entered the wedding banquet. Now weddings can be long affairs as we all know and some waiting is expected. In this parable all of those waiting fell asleep as the bridegroom was much delayed. But suddenly the bridegroom appears. Those who had brought flasks of oil, that is to say those who prepared with love and holy works, were able to welcome the bridegroom with bright lamps, while those who had measured out only the bare essentials ran out. Now the oil in this parable is a special kind of oil, a spiritual kind. It was not the kind that could be shared or supplied artificially by others. It's the kind that each person needed to carry within him or herself, a love and devotion for the bridegroom. Surely this devotion has brought us here tonight. After this earlier parable, this evening's gospel confronts us with the reality that Christ, our bridegroom, has come, but he's about to suffer, and he's preparing us for this. In one of the most beautiful phrases in all of Holy Scripture, Jesus says of his own death, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. In tonight, tonight's gospel passage, we are reminded that our Lord himself, to whom we devote our heart and soul, is not a sentiment or abstract,
principle. He is the God-man, incarnate in our fallen world, who walked the very earth he created, who washes his disciples' dirty feet, who touches our wounds and makes them whole, who was slapped and bruised by those whom he loved. He condescended so low that even Hades is not alien to his embrace. As the passage says, he was lifted up on the cross and drew all men to himself after being raised from the dead. Now Christ does not merely tell us, but he shows us how to follow the path of self-denial and suffering. And he carries us as we struggle along towards him. Later this evening, the beautiful hymn of the ninth century nun, Cassiani, will be sung. Her hymn reminds us of the sinful woman in Luke's gospel who bathed Jesus' feet with her tears, dried them with her hair, and opened a flask of ointment to anoint him. When Jesus' host, Simon, is scandalized by Jesus' acceptance of her devotion, Jesus asks Simon, if there are two creditors, one owing the master 500 denarii and the other 50, and they are both forgiven, which of them will love him more? Simon replies, the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. Yes, says Jesus, absolutely. Here tonight in Jesus' presence, there is no sin too monstrous for us to claim as our own. Whatever our shame, whatever our past deeds that make us tremble, whatever our physical illness or mental health diagnosis, whatever our cold pride and pretentiousness, it is certain that tonight you and I are here in the room with Jesus Christ. It is not someone else who has come. It is we ourselves. All our vulnerability is here. Our illness, our mistakes, our intentional sins, and even our unwillingness to forgive. We no longer need to pretend to be whole. Taking the vial of nard like the woman, we smash open the pretense of our own righteousness. Jesus is the broken alabaster vessel. His body is broken for us and his life poured out. When the flask is opened, that's exactly when the fragrance overpowers us. The shame of our burdens is utterly displaced by his radiance. The storehouse of his grace is opened. He loves us out of all proportion. His glory destroys sin and death. He takes us by the hand and escorts us on the path of the divine life and gives us his fragrance, his pure mind, his very life. Thanks be to God for his love and mercy. Amen.